So happy new year and welcome back. We're excited that you're here. I'm excited that you made it back. I got several text messages from families uh, this morning saying, we're still out of town, but we will be back. <laughs> we promise we will be back. Uh, we know that, uh, or we hope that you've enjoyed your, your time off of work, whatever time that was that you were given. And um, we hope that you enjoyed your holidays with your family and your friends. I know I did. It was, um, I think, our best visit, my best visit uh, with my in-laws. Uh, I never have a bad visit, but it was just really enjoyable, you know? No, seriously, like I don't, I don't say this just because she's sitting here or just because my mother-in-law might listen to this message later. Um, but I don't have those mother-in-law jokes. I just don't, uh, or father-in-law jokes. Uh, I love them to death. And, uh, actually I thought I was going to have the week off because we didn't have church. (laughs) My father-in-law had different plans. Uh, he asked me when I arrived, uh, and said, Hey, uh, would you speak on Sunday? So I did. (laughs) So uh, I didn't really get the break that I was looking for, but I did have a very restful time. And I did preach a message that I've preached before, uh, which was a good, challenging message for their church to hear. Uh, So there wasn't much work involved. Um, But I'm I'm thankful that I'm back with you. Amen? Amen. Uh, Today's message is definitely going to be a teaching style message. Uh, I was tempted, and I'm still dealing with the temptation of offering a few minutes at the end for (laughs) Q&A. which I never do, but it might, it just might happen today. Uh, this week we have started our prayer and fasting, um, for 2019. Every year we dedicate time to pray and to fast and to seek the Lord, to ask him for his help in our lives, for his blessing on our church. You would have received a handout that looks just like this, this morning. Just hold that up. If you didn't make sure you grab one, it looks like the celebrate news, but it doesn't have any dates on it. It just has prayer focuses, uh, for this whole week. If you're able to join us, we would love for you to join us. Um, each night we'll have the church, the worship center open here uh, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, we'll have uh, worship music playing. You'll be able to privately pray. There'll be a leader here who will lead you at different moments in prayer. And it is one of those things where you can stop in at any point and be here for 20 minutes and then go if you have to. You don't have, it's not like a service start and stop and you, you're going to miss something big. Just come. If you can come for 20 minutes, we'd love for you to be here. Um, I, I am encouraging you to spend some extra time at the beginning of the year praying and fasting. I'm going to explain what fasting is today. That's really why the message is going to be a teaching style message. It shouldn't be revolutionary to your ears, but I know it is for some of us. And so I want to explain what fasting is and what it isn't and what its purpose is. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the challenges and the benefits to biblical fasting. I want to encourage you right now, if you already have your phone out, I know the teenagers probably do, um, and you already gave, you texted to give already, go ahead and use your note app or use a paper and a pen and take some notes today. I want to encourage every person here to take some notes um, because I think it's important that we learn something today. Um, and I guess I'm practicing because tomorrow I'll be teaching again. <laughs> so get out your notebooks and start writing, okay? I want to tell you this first, and that is that fasting can be defined as forsaking food and embracing God. 
That's a really important concept for you to get down. And we'll talk about all of the different things that go along with that and how long to fast and like all of that stuff. You've probably seen, if you're not our Facebook friend, you should be our Facebook friend. Uh, Facebook, it, it, it will have posts and has had posts since Thursday or Friday every day, once or twice per day to explain fasting, to give you some resources on fasting, uh, encouragement during the fast. Um, I will say at the outset, I don't expect every single one of you to take a complete fast from today, don't eat lunch, and then not eat until dinner next Sunday. I'm not. If you do that, I would be extremely proud of you, and I would also say I think God would be honored with whatever aspect of fasting that you do. But I do believe even those who are on chronic medications or daily medications have the ability to fast a single meal. And spend some extra time praying and focusing on God and asking him for his help. I was talking to some of our teens this morning. They were like, I can't go two hours without eating, PD. I don't know. But this is what it really is. Fasting according to the Bible is forsaking food and embracing God. The reason why I bring this out at the very front end is because there are people, and you'll probably see them sometime this year, maybe even this week, they'll post all over their Facebook and say, I'm fasting social media for the next month. If you need to get a hold of... No, you're not. Okay, that's not what fasting is. You might be taking a break from social media, but you are not fasting. According to the Bible, the word fast, actually we have that biblical term, it simply means to not eat. That's what it means. And what we're getting at and what the Bible is clear about when we start to talk about the different examples we'll look at today is that the choice to not eat natural food was so that they could intake spiritual food. So during times of fasting that I have experienced and that we will experience this week, I want to encourage you. If you have a lunch break where you sit in a cafeteria or you sit in a workroom or a lunchroom with coworkers, maybe if you're skipping lunch that day, go sit in your car, turn on some worship music, read your Bible, Go ahead and get alone with God and have some time of focused prayer. Do something along that lines that will actually make it worth it. Because fasting is not just skipping meals. Somebody asked me, does that mean you'll lose weight? Yeah, probably. If you do a complete fast and just drink water or juice from this Sunday to next, you'll probably drop a few pounds for sure. Uh, your body metabolism will change and that kind of thing. But I want you to understand why we fast and really what it is. So when we fast, we take the time that we would be preparing a meal and eating a meal in order to dedicate ourselves to reading the Bible, to praying, and to worshiping. So make sure that you're not just merely skipping meals. I've ended up doing that at some points in my life and said, hey, I'm going to fast today. And then I basically just skipped a meal and was really productive and did a bunch of stuff. Or I skipped a few meals, like all five of my meals that day and was really productive. But that's not what it is. It's for us to intentionally focus and to draw closer to God. Some practical ways to do this I already shared with you if you're busy at work and things like that is just have worship music playing in the background. Um, get in your car during lunch break. Listen, instead of listening to the news on the way home or on the ride to work, don't do that. Turn on some worship music. 
Remember this, when we talk about prayer, prayer is defined as a two-way conversation between you and God. You ought to write that down. It's really true. I was listening to, or actually reading something earlier this week uh, in preparation for this, and the gentleman that wrote the, the booklet that I was reading said that every time he turns on the faucet, he expects water to come out. If water didn't come out of the faucet, you would think something's wrong, right? And he said his thought, his name is John Rice. He's a Baptist pastor years ago and an evangelist. He said his thought was answers to prayer should be just like that in the life of a Christian. That every time we pray, we should expect that God is going to do something. That we should have that expectation in our heart. And so when we take time to focus in on God and on his word and worship, when we do that sort of thing, we are engaging in a two-way conversation. So I want to encourage you in this, during your prayer, even if you come during the 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. any night this week, during our prayer time, take time to be silent and listen I could say this, if you're like me, uh, there are many times that we're guilty of just giving God our honey-do list. I mean, that's, Lord, bless my day, bless my food, bless my family, keep them safe. Lord, do this, Lord, do that. Okay, see you later. And I really, really want to tell you that all of the examples of prayer that we see in Scripture, every example of prayer, and the example of prayer that Jesus lays out, is a conversation between us and God, and we should expect to hear his voice. In fact, last year at this point, we started the year with um, a message message series called Frequency, listening, tuning in to hear God's voice. And that's what we're trying to do. This is not revolutionary. I should tell you this right now. It's been a religious practice for millennia, okay? And doctors are okay with you fasting. Did you know that? Did you know we actually call a meal we have breakfast? It is a conjunction from breaking the fast. Overnight, you haven't eaten. (laughs) Unless, like me, you might have stole a cookie or something when you went to the kitchen. I didn't do that last night. But whenever we do, we go to sleep and we don't eat. And when we wake up, we have our first meal. And that's really important that we break our fast in that healthy way. But here are some warnings I want to give you. The first is on the screen already for you. If you do have a medical condition or an ailment or you're on any kind of daily prescription medication, you should seriously, I'm, I'm, do not blame me if you have some kind of issue this week because you skipped a meal and you shouldn't have under doctor's orders. And I say that because we have to be very cautious and careful and say, we believe in doctors and medicine. Can I get a good Amen. And I also believe in a healing God, okay? So I believe in both of those things, but I don't believe in you making yourself sick because you're like, oh, pastor said we're going to fast, so let's fast. And I skip my medication. No, don't do that. Talk to your doctor and see. Very well, your doctor may tell you, yes, you can skip one meal, but don't skip more than two or take this when you do eat or don't eat or whatever. The next is this, biblical fasting is the forsaking of necessary natural food in order to consume spiritual food and intentionally set ourselves apart before God. It's not, like I said earlier, taking a break from social media or something like that. It's not even reducing the time you spend watching TV. 
Uh, you can't fast your spouse either. <laughs> <clears throat> Honey, taking a break from you for a couple of days. <laughs> Um, actually, Paul the Apostle does give some instructions in the New Testament about setting aside some time to pray. Uh, but really, truly, you cannot fast anything but physical, natural food. Um, I do believe that each one of us can dedicate some extra time this week. And I, I want to ask you, as your pastor, to do that. To show up for our open house nights of prayer that we'll have. I really believe that our church is at a place where we need the prayer. There are individuals in our church that need prayer. There are individuals that are leaving our church, relocating, that need prayer. There are things about our church that need prayer. We need to pray for our missionaries. You have relationships that need prayed for. It might be a coworker or a marriage relationship, whatever it is. You need to dedicate some time to pray. So I want to ask you as your pastor, please do that. That will make me very happy and it will make me know that I am not alone. Because that's what I'm planning to do is show up as much as I can. I am fasting this week and you might go, you're not supposed to say that. Read our Facebook post. We already said we can talk about fasting together, but here's what I'm going to say. During the time of our fasting, we want to make sure that we are listening to God's voice. That we're hearing him because he, you're going to see in just a few minutes, I'm going to show you some examples in scripture where he says he gives guidance, provision, protection, rebuilds things, restores things as a result of people just focusing in on him. And it's a powerful thing. Jesus' assumption, actually, was that we would fast. His assumption was that we would fast. Look with me, and the verses will be on the screen. Luke chapter 5, verse 33 to 35. It says this, verse 33, And they said to him, The disciples of John fast often. And offer prayers, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. Verse 34, and Jesus said to them, can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. I want to explain to you what Jesus is communicating there. He's essentially saying that they are celebrating the fact that Jesus is with them. His disciples have him with them. It's fairly straightforward because he says, I'm present with them. They don't really need to fast. They have me physically with them. But his assumption was that they would fast later when he's not with him, with them. So what I, what I thought of was this. Now that his presence is no longer with us physically, he's not here on the earth, in order for us to really tune in to hear God and to really engage in his presence and to have an increase in his presence in our lives, we need to do this spiritual discipline. And you don't have to just do it. I wanted to call this message the joy of fasting. <clears throat> but nobody, yeah. You don't believe that. And if you've ever fasted a meal, it's not joyful mostly. Okay, The results could be joyful. But here's the deal. It doesn't have to be the only time you do it. 
uh, my parents, uh, they've been in ministry for years, and my dad is known to fast long periods of time, but he also fasts once or twice a week. He dedicates time once or twice a week where he says, this is the day I'm not eating whatever meal or meals I'm not eating, and I'm going to dedicate myself to just spiritually kind of recalibrate. And I think that having this discipline in our lives is important. So let me give you a little bit of breakdown on fasting from ancient days to modern days. Leviticus chapter 16, which we uh, did a whole series on Leviticus earlier this year, last year. Um, We talked in Leviticus 16 on the Day of Atonement. And I want to show you a verse of scripture there. In verse 29 of chapter 16, it says this, And it shall be a statute to you forever in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict yourselves. That term there, the original Hebrew word is to not eat. <laughs> it's what we call affliction. Okay, <laughs> You're going to afflict yourself this week if you don't eat. And it says, you shall afflict yourselves and shall do no work. I wish we could have vacation during this time. Either the native or the stranger who sojourns among you. So you've got to understand that during this day, the Day of Atonement, it was a national day of fasting and prayer and sacrifice. The purpose was to seek God for forgiveness and for cleansing. So then when we think about it from the Old Testament, you could be tempted to say, but uh, hey, PD. I've asked Jesus into my heart of my life. He's cleansed me of all my sin. I don't need to fast, right? Not so fast. Because when Jesus was here on the earth, he assumed we would in his absence. Because there would be times where we could exchange our burdens for God's, to lay our burdens down. And then the Jews instituted four other annual fasts, and we're not going to talk about those today. But there's also really important, if you're taking notes, there were personal fasts and there were corporate fasts or group fasts. There were times in the nation of Israel where a prophet would come before the people and he'd say, listen, you jokers have sinned. You married the wrong people. You set up idols in your houses, in the house of God. You've done this and that. We have got to get right and get straight. Let's fast and let's pray. And then they would fast and then they would pray. And then there are some personal examples where people like Esther, Esther pleaded with the friends that she had to fast for her. Listen to what it says in the next verse that'll be on the screen. Esther 4 verse 16. It says, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. Esther actually said, go and don't eat on my behalf. Pray for me. So I can tell you as your pastor, if you don't have anything worth praying about and seeking God for, which I think you do, pray for me. Fast for me this week. That God would help me have clear vision and and understanding for direction and, and joy in the journey and all of those things. So here it says this, hold a fast on my behalf and don't eat or drink for three days. Keep reading. I, Esther speaking, and my young women, like the servants who attended her, will also fast as you do. Then I'll go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. 
If you're familiar with the story of Esther, she was in a, a, a crazy time in history for their nation. The king had set up a decree that said that essentially it was going to be the first Holocaust. They were going to kill as many Jews as they could. And Esther says, I need to go and speak to the king, but if I do, he'll kill me. She says this, I've got a big decision to make. I need you to fast and I need me to fast and all of our people to fast for three days. And then I'll go in the strength of the Lord. To see the king. And if he kills me, he kills me. But at least I've done what I can. That's really what she's saying. Some of you are in the valley of decision. And I believe with all of my heart that God still speaks today. He still speaks to his people. So just like Esther's call to a fast, she called a group of people and those with her to fast. Look here in 2 Samuel chapter 12. We'll read about King David. And a fast that he did. This was for a different reason. Verse 16 says this. It says, David therefore sought God on behalf of the child. And David fasted and he went in and lay all night on the ground. I can imagine that he laid on the ground next to the child. And you say, wait a second. King David, what child are we talking about? We're talking about the product of his affair with Bathsheba. God had sought to give a judgment upon David. As a result of their uh, affair, his extramarital affair, and his attempt to murder, and really his willful choosing to murder her husband. And now the child is really sick. The child's been born, but the child is very ill. And it says, David sought God on behalf of the child. Now, here's something interesting. This is a thought that comes from Scripture, and it's developed theology that we have, that God hears the prayers of sinners, but of those who are believers who are living in sin, he really wants to get that out of the way before he helps you with anything else. So David prayed. He fasted. God, heal my baby, heal my baby, heal my baby. And God did not answer. Verse 20 to 23, keep reading. It says this, God does eventually answer, but it's not in the way that he expects. In verse 20, it says, Then David arose from the earth. He washed and anointed himself, and he changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord, and he worshiped. Check that out. He went into the house of the Lord, and he worshiped. In between what happened in verse uh, 16 and verse 20, the child dies. David hears his servants whispering and he says, listen, tell me the truth. Is he dead now? And they said, yes. So David gets up and he washes himself. He anoints himself, gets on some fresh clothes and he goes to church and he goes to worship God. Worship the same God who judged his sin. By allowing that child to die. It's a powerful sense of relationship that David had with the Lord. It says, then he went to his own house. And when he asked, they sat food before him and he ate. Verse 21, then his servant said to him, what's this thing that you've done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But now that the child is dead, you arose and ate food. Stop there and look at me for just a second. In the Hebrew sense, or in the Jewish mind, they also did, not just for forgiveness and repentance, they also fasted in mourning. 
they were so bothered at the, the thought that they had lost their loved one that they actually, as groups, would fast for meals or days after the death of someone. And so here, this is why his servants are kind of like, what are, what's going on with you? His servant says in verse 21, what's this thing that you've done? You fasted while he was alive, but now he's dead. You arose and you've eaten. Verse 22, he says, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept for I said, who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live. He was seeking an answer from the Lord and asking God to save and to heal that baby. Verse 23, but now he is dead. So why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. So David had this understanding of death that the child had died and now he was gone and that someday David would die as well. But the the child could not be restored to life now. It was a final thing. There was finality to it. The baby's death seems to have been accepted as an atonement for the sin that David had committed. So there's no longer a need to fast. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 58. This is my last passage of scripture, but it's 14 verses and we're going to look at the whole chapter. I want to show you really what Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah is delivering um, to the people of Israel during this time. He's going to compare false fasting or we could call it fake fasting and true fasting. I know some of you are still looking at me like I got three heads. I'm telling you, skip a meal this week. And spend that time in prayer and just watch what happens. I, I am of the opinion that it doesn't happen so easily for me. So I need to skip several meals or a series of meals. And then really sense God's presence in my life. And really experience his, his voice in a new and a fresh way. Look at what verse 1 says in Isaiah chapter 58. So at the beginning of this chapter, for the first five verses, he's going to talk about really the fake attempts that they have at fasting. So he says this, cry aloud, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet, declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob, their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Verse 3 says, it quotes the people, and it says, Why have we fasted and you don't see it? Let me stop here and say this. Fasting is not a magical fix. You might fast a meal or a series of meals this week and not get any answer. That doesn't mean that he's not real and doesn't speak. It just means that you didn't get an answer yet. I believe that God will give us answers, but I I have to go in believing that and hoping with an expectation in my heart that God will answer me because otherwise, why skip the food, (laughs) right? So this this is important though. They have this attitude. Why have we fasted and you don't see it? You see it not. Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Oh, pity poor me. Look at me. <laughs> Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and you oppress all your workers. Stop right there for a second. If you fast more than one meal and teenagers, if you fast for more than two hours, okay, you're probably going to get hangry. 
It's not a biblical word. There's no Greek translation for this. But you've all known the term hangry. You've all met people who have been hangry. You might be sitting next to someone who's hangry right now. Here's the deal. It says this very clearly. They oppressed all their workers. And I just kind of had to laugh at that because I thought, yeah, they were hangry. And they started taking it out on all of their people around them. So here it says in verse four, behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. So if you go into a fast with the wrong intention, hey, I'm just gonna lose five pounds this week and not eat anything. That's the wrong intention. God says, you're not gonna have your voice heard before my throne if you do it with the wrong intention. So verse five, is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes underneath him? That would be like their mourning rituals. Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? In verse six, he switches and starts to talk about the benefits of what true fasting really brings. It says this, Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness? I know of stories and testimonies in my parents' life and in my own life that as a result of prayer and fasting, those who were held by addiction, not the person who was in the addiction fasting, but someone fasting on their behalf, have been broken free of their addiction, have come to salvation, the prodigal son or daughter who was an unbeliever, returned to the family of faith as a result. So this is what God is telling them. It's to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. So freedom from bondage is available. And if we're, if we're to understand that word every, I, I don't need to break that down for you, it means every. So that means an emotional yoke. If I'm under emotional stress and pressure, I can fast and pray and believe that God will help me to get through that. Not only to get through it, but to come out of it better than what I came into it. God really wants to help us see this in his word. Verse seven, it says this, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him? And not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Verse 8. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn. And your healing shall spring up speedily. You'll have a quick recovery and healing will come. So here I've got to just break this down in this way and see it for what it is. There's healing and there's protection. That's mentioned as a result of fasting. Because it says this, your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall cover your rear end. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I had somebody give me a word of prophecy recently. And it was coming into this new year that the Lord was going to go before me and that I was to not forget He was always watching my back and surrounding me. That's powerful. To have that come from God to another person through them to me. Wow. 
So I have that confidence when I look at the scripture and I say, yes, not just prayer, but in fasting as well. When those two things are combined together, it says the glory of the Lord will guard my rear end, will keep me safe on all sides. He goes before you. Amen. So there's healing available. There's protection. Look at what the next verse says. It says this, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. Verse 10, if you pour out yourself for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. I'm telling you, answers to your prayers are guaranteed. Not all, but God speaks even today. And he does so to those who are tuned. I'm telling you, if you skip three meals, (laughs) you'll all of a sudden be sensitive to smells, to temperature. Like literally, things change. And if you spend time in that word of God, asking him for help and direction, will he not give an answer and guidance? Listen to what verse 11 says. Here's the promise for guidance, provision, and even for health. It says this, and the Lord will guide you continually. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Isn't that what you need? That's what I need. And satisfy your desire in scorched places. My desire in a scorched place would be provision. <laughs> if everything's burnt down, I need a house and a food and a whatever. So it'll satisfy the desire you have in scorched places and make your bones strong. Say, wait a second. You're going to be weak at work this week if you fast. You're going to get lightheaded. You're going to just fall over and die after that third meal gets skipped. No, actually the reverse is true. Jesus says that when you, or God's word says this, that when you set aside time to dedicate and focus intentionally on him, he'll even strengthen your bones. And you shall be like a watered garden. Like a spring of water. Can I just tell you something? If you are fasting this week, drink lots of water. You're going to go to the restroom a lot. You need to drink a lot of water. But look at that promise, that last phrase, whose waters do not fail. When I turn on the faucet, it's there. So he's saying this, God's provision, his guidance, his strength, his protection, all of that, and even physical health is available to you. When we set our eyes on him, when we build our life on him. Verse 12 says this, and your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt and you shall raise up the foundation of many generations. I said it this morning and pray first. God is a restorer. He is a rebuilder. He is a renovator. He's the best there is. So we've got to understand this is what God is saying. He will do for us and through us. Things can be rebuilt. Things can be restored. It says this, you shall raise up foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach. Maybe there's a breach in a relationship and the Lord wants to give you a word to be able to heal that relationship or to be able to heal your own heart and to move forward, move on, move off, whatever it is. 
the restorer of streets to dwell in. You got to understand this. Isaiah is talking to these people. They've been in exile. They're dreaming of a day that they'll be back together and they'll be in their city together and they'll see their streets rebuilt. They'll see all this stuff done. And he's saying that stuff will come if you put your eyes on the right place, in the right place. Verse 13 talks about the importance of Sabbath. We, we talked about this and we talk about this often. Sabbath rest is still important. If you're taking notes, you can write it down and tell somebody this week, your pastor said rest is important. A doctor will tell you that. A teacher will tell you that. Everyone will tell you that. And God's word says this. Verse 13. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, if you honor God during this time, not going your own way, seeking your own pleasure, or talking idly, verse 14, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What a promise that guidance, provision, health, healing, restoration, all of those things are available to us as we dedicate and put some focus in the right place. And what better time to do that than the beginning of a year? So here's some practical stuff. Okay, you can just put my sermon title up there, biblical fasting or yeah, leave the dates up, whatever you want to do. You know what? Can we just take a second and give Miss Christine a round of applause? She really, she deserves it. She does an amazing job back there. I tell her that sometimes, but it's good to say it publicly as well. She does it amazing. Good job. So here's, here's some practical stuff. Take some notes. Set an objective. If your objective is fasting the next seven days, God bless you. Talk to me after service. I'd like to talk to you a little bit more. But if you set an objective and just say, I'm going to fast breakfast every morning and I'm going to wake up a few minutes early, not be rushed to work or school, and I'm going to dedicate some extra time to praying and fasting, then that's what you do. And then you just feel those hunger pains to lunch and then you just eat to your heart's content. Okay. Then you get rid of that hunger pain. Okay. So here's the deal. Set an objective, whatever it is. Then the next thing is this. Commit to it. Make the commitment. So set your goal and then commit yourself to it. Tell yourself. Maybe tell your spouse. It's okay to talk about it with your spouse. My spouse knows. I know her. I said to her, hey, honey, what are we going to do about the kids this week? Yeah, make them fast. So what are you doing? What am I doing? Like, we had to talk about it. That's just a natural part of relationship. Now, Jesus does say you shouldn't go running outside and be like, oh, but it would be up so weak. I can't breathe. I'm about to die because I just love. Of God. Jesus says, don't do that because you lost your blessing. And that's not what, so please don't post on Facebook, I'm fasting breakfast every day. This Don't do that, okay? But here's the other thing, prepare for it. And that means like eating a little bit better, eating some healthy, like non-processed things, Whenever possible, the night before, if you're going to fast breakfast the next day, that's that's some real practical stuff here. So prepare for it. Um, When I've done long fast, I prepare for it. I try to go 
not really vegan, but I try to go vegetarian healthy for like two or three days before the long fast so that I can prepare my body and flush my system and get myself prepared. You say, flush your system, pastor? I never thought I'd hear you say from the platform. Yes, you did. You thought. Okay, here's the next thing is this. Restart if you fail. Don't give up. Boy, have I given up a time or two. Don't give up this week. If you set the commitment and you say, oh man, I totally forgot and I had breakfast or you had plans. Let's take this example. Mike and I have breakfast plans for someday this week and I'm not going to call Mike and tell him, you know what? Actually, I'm fasting this week. So I'm trying to honor God. Can't really do breakfast with you. I'm not going to do that. If you honor your commitment that you already have, but just fast outside of those things and get back on the horse or the wagon (laughs) if you fall off, okay? So here are some practical tips, and I'm almost done. Drink lots of water, limit or eliminate caffeine. This is how you fast, okay? This is modern wisdom in how to do it right. Uh, I'll tell you how I do it right. The second thing I do is put food out of my sight, If you go to my house, there is a banana and some apples and clementines laying around. But up until just a few days ago, there's a giant jar from Sam's, like a giant jar of chocolate-covered almonds. I don't want them staring at me. I mean, like, really, right? So just put the food items out of sight. Uh, My wife asked me the other night about something, and I was like, I don't really want to go in the kitchen. (laughs) Okay, this is not a, I don't want to do that because it sets me up to fail. But I'll wash the dishes, I promise. Uh, Here's something else that you never thought you'd hear from a platform. Use flushable wipes to help yourself if you are fasting for a series of days. Because it will be uncomfortable when you go to the restroom. Flushable wipes, like we... Yeah, you're like, (laughs) why is Pastor saying this from the... Because it's important. Here's the other thing. And you may... You may... Talk to a doctor about this. I think it's okay, and it's been okay for me to take something over the counter as medication during my fast. I I take a daily vitamin during fasts. I take Imodium just to make sure that I'm, you know, not going to, yeah, we're going to keep going. If you have a headache because you're losing caffeine and you're not with the caffeine, take it, take a ibuprofen or a Tylenol, something with the with the uh, Imodium to make sure that it doesn't upset your stomach even worse. These are things that are practical. This is, we are practical people, okay? So consider it a challenge. Not only can all of you fast, all of you should. We really should. This week, if no other time. So consider it a challenge and skip a meal on day one if you want to try something like that then you could skip two meals on day two and like kind of tear yourself. You could skip the same meal each day. You could skip whatever. We've given some different examples, but if you've never fasted, please don't set out to fast this entire week. Lastly, don't let this be your only time to fast. Worship team, would you come and join me? I really think that you can do it monthly, you can do it on the same day. You can do the same series of days. Say, I'm going to set aside you know, the first day of every month and fast that day. This is not a matter. Listen to me. Listen to me so clearly and closely right now. This is not a matter of coercion. 
it's an invitation and it's a matter of conscience. I'm, I'm not saying that you should do it all week if you've never done it before. I hope you understand this is a balanced message to help you just understand what fasting is and what God requires of us. And I want you to stand today. I want you to think about, if you haven't already, I want you to think about making a commitment here today in God's presence in his house during this last song and to just whisper a prayer to the Lord and say, Lord, this week I'm gonna dedicate extra time to you. I hadn't been so good in my Bible reading in 2018, but I'm gonna read a chapter every day this week and I'm gonna skip breakfast every, whatever your commitment is, but make a commitment. And I'm believing God's gonna do something awesome. I truly need him to do something great. And so do you. You might not even realize it, but the Lord may need to have some time with you this week to prepare you for what lies ahead and you don't even know. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have each week to come into this place to celebrate your presence together. Father, your spirit is here today with your people. I believe that even in this last moment of prayer and commitment, God, that you want to speak to us. Help us not to cop out and to just be like, I can't do that. But help us today to make a commitment in your presence here in your house and to stick to it this week. Lord, give us grace. And Lord, give us strength. I pray a special blessing on every person that makes a commitment today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord with this last song and then we'll be dismissed.